eunuch. And as far as I know, there are no songs about Ethiopian eunuchs in our songbook or in our repertoire of songs. I thought, what's he going to do with that one? So well done, Glenn. That was just perfect. Turn in your Bibles, if you would, to Acts chapter 8. This morning, I was uh, on the way here. I left my house, turned on the radio as I do in my truck all the time. And uh, I was listening to 770. And the show was entitled, Let's Talk About Gardening. And I looked at the snow outside, and I thought to myself, no, let's not. Like, this, this is totally inappropriate. Let's talk about gardening. They should, have, they should have picked a different topic. But that's on, apparently, every Sunday morning. I, I don't ever listen to 770 on Sunday mornings, but I did this morning. Let's talk about gardening. So I thought, are they going to do, let's talk about gardening all winter long while we're looking at the snow? And this guy was on talking about his tomatoes and the problem with getting his tomatoes ripe. And I'm thinking, there's six inches of snow on the ground. You're talking about ripening your tomatoes. This doesn't fit. But it does fit this morning for us to be talking about Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. Not only because, and you will be my witnesses is our theme, Acts chapter 1 verse 8. But because of the announcement that we had earlier, and the whole notion of a church being oriented toward reaching new people for Jesus and making itself available to have new people come and be part of a congregation. John read some statistics earlier about when a church gets to be 80 or 85% full on a Sunday morning. And, and I realized this morning we're not 80 or 85% full. It's getting close, I suppose, even on a day like today. But on a typical Sunday morning here, when you come in the back, say, two minutes after our service has started or five minutes afterward, you'll find that all the back pews are filled. In fact, I just, within the last couple of weeks, I took out some chairs. We had chairs all along the back because we had had so many people here on Sunday morning. We couldn't get them in all the pews. We had to put chairs up along the back. And when a church gets that full, you just can't continue to expect new people to come. And they've shown this over and over and over again through the last 30 years of research in churches. That when a church gets to be 80 to 85% full on a Sunday morning, you will not attract new people. When your parking lot is absolutely full and overflowing, people will not continue to make the sacrifice of finding a place to park. In fact, that is why we have those signs along the building. And I would encourage you, even on snowy days, if you can handle it, to park over at the mall parking lot and make some room for some more people who could come and use our parking lot if if the spaces are there. Well, all of that is oriented toward trying to make ourselves available to a community that badly needs Jesus Christ. And the question this morning, and I think the question that our text poses so well for us today, is the question of making ourselves available. Are you available to what God wants to do in your life to propagate his kingdom? Are you open, for example, to the Spirit's leading? Does the Spirit want to do something in your life that the Spirit's never done before in helping to attract people to Jesus Christ? I'm absolutely convinced that that's the case with our church. I think that God wants to bless us. He wants to rain down on us blessings in terms of reaching people for Jesus who don't currently know him. I can't imagine God having a different agenda for our congregation. It would be really strange if God's thought was, I think I want the Calgary Church of Christ to get to be about 280 people on Sunday morning, and then we'll just put a cap on it. 
No more people added to the body. That would seem strange to me. It doesn't seem strange to me at all to think that God would want us to go from 280 to 380, to 480, to 580, to 780. That doesn't seem strange to me. In fact, that fits so well with what I think God was doing in the first century with the church. And the people who were willing to put themselves out there for the sake of the gospel, to hear the good news of Jesus, and to respond to the Holy Spirit's leading in their life. So watch this passage in Acts chapter 8, and I'm going to start with verse 26, if you want to turn there in your Bibles. Somebody might have a pew Bible open to the passage already. Where, what page is that on in Acts chapter 8? 777? Thanks, Ed. I'm glad it wasn't 666, aren't you? Acts chapter 8, verse 26. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of the treasury of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship. And on his way home, he was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, go to the char that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you're reading? Philip asked. How can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. The eunuch was reading this passage of scripture. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before the shearer is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants, for his life was taken from the earth? The eunuch then asked Philip, Tell me, please, who is the prophet talking about, himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of scripture and told him the good news about Jesus. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, Look, here's water. Why shouldn't I be baptized? And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared at Azotus and traveled about preaching the gospel in the towns until he reached Caesarea. Now, we, when we read this passage in Churches of Christ, if you have any history in us at all, then what you know when you get to Acts chapter 8 is, is that this is a passage about baptism. It's a story about how Philip found the Ethiopian eunuch and convinced him that he needed to be baptized, and he does. And so the, the eunuch says, well, here's water. What hinders me from being baptized? And they go down into the water together, and they come out of the water together. So we know that there was a full immersion. He went down into the water, and he was baptized. Now, the story, for that reason, is a great one. And I think this story teaches some things about baptism, for sure. And I'm grateful that the eunuch said, let's do this right now. Why should I wait? Let's go down into the water and do this. I'm grateful for that. But there are some other things here that I think teach us today and that show us some things that we need to, to watch, pay attention to, and maybe apply in our lives, even beyond this notion of going down into the water and being baptized. And the first is this. I want you to notice Philip's willingness to answer the Spirit's leading. Note his openness to what the Spirit 
has to say to him. Now, the Spirit specifically says, I want you to go here, and Philip is open. It might be that you could say to me, Kelly, if the Spirit talks to me like that, I'm willing to go. If Miles is sitting at his desk this week, and the Spirit in an audible voice says to Miles, get up from your cubicle, go talk to the guy across the room, and ask him to lunch so that you can talk to him about Jesus. I think that, Miles, I think you'd be willing to do that. Miles would say, yes, Lord, I'll do it. And I suppose all of you would be willing, if you audibly heard the voice of the Spirit saying to you, do this. There's not many that would say, no, I refuse to do what the Holy Spirit's asking me to do here. And yet, I wonder how often the Holy Spirit does, in fact, make available to us situations and we're not listening. That our ears and our eyes are not attuned to what God is trying to show us about the people around us. How many times in the next week will you hear about someone who is in need? Someone who lost their home because of a fire? Someone who is in great sickness? Someone who's lost a loved one. You know, just on the, my way up here to come and preach this morning, June Reed, I, was, I just gave her a hug in the aisle and she said, Kelly, my sister-in-law died this week. June, I'm sorry. She had lost her brother just earlier in the year. And now his wife has died. And I know that there are people around June, they'll rally around her, They'll comfort. But there will be people this week that you will meet who won't have that same sense of family around them and who will have needs. Will you recognize in that moment, in that opportunity, that it may not just be circumstances that have dropped an opportunity in your lap, but it may well be God's prompting The Holy Spirit looks at you differently than you do. You think you're weak. You think you're incapable. You think that you don't know the right things to say. You think that you may actually blow it if given an opportunity. But the Holy Spirit looks at you and says, this child of mine could make an impact right here. Here's a need that could be met. Here's someone who needs The good news about Jesus. Here is someone who needs to be comforted by the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit could well this week present to you an opportunity to minister in the name of Christ. And so I'm just wondering if when the opportunity comes to you this week, will you recognize it for what it is? For a good number of you, I'm absolutely convinced the opportunity will come. And in some cases, you'll be busy. There'll be things that will distract you and you'll move past it and you will have missed the opportunity. You just didn't have your eyes quite as open and your ears quite as open as they need to be. But some of us perhaps will hear and our eyes will be open and the Spirit will be able to use us in that significant way. And so the problem, I don't think, with us is a lack of the Spirit's leading I think the Spirit wants to lead us all the time. I see that in this 
circumstance with Philip. The Spirit in this circumstance takes a child of God and uses him to minister to another who needs the good news of Jesus. And so if that's his MO, if that's the way the Spirit does it, is it not not just conceivable, but likely that this week he will put in front of you some kind of opportunity where you too can minister in the name of Jesus. That's the first thing I see. The second thing I see is Philip's eagerness to fulfill his role. Notice in verse 30. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you're reading? Philip asked. Notice the text specifically says that he ran to see what was going on. Notice that when there is some kind of opportunity, (coughs) excuse me, that he quickly seizes that opportunity and says, do you know what you're reading? Can I help you here? Now, that's interesting because the spirit doesn't say, if you'll notice this, specifically to Philip what to do. What the spirit says to Philip is, go stand near. And that's the last thing the spirit says. There's no instruction here to Philip about make sure you're open and listening and ready. There's no instructions about what to say. Clearly, what Philip says and what he does comes out of his own heart and him being led by the Spirit to do these things on the inside. There's no direct instruction there. And so the question is, again, (laughs) excuse me, in making yourself available to people, are you going to be ready? In fact, will there be in you a certain eagerness, as I see in this man, willing to run, willing to approach another and ask questions about what's going on? Now, that's something inside Philip. That's something that the Spirit is doing personally within him in creating this eagerness. If I talk to most Christians, and I totally get this, Rather than eagerness, most of us, and you'd have to admit this, sense reticence. Most people are not thinking, where's my opportunity? I'm ready. I'm eager. Let's go here. Thanks, Peter. Appreciate it. And so are you eager? Are you thinking to yourself already about opportunities? Like when I said a moment ago, there will be someone who will come this week and and they will have a need that will present that need to you. Did you already think to yourself, oh, I know of a circumstance? Some of you no doubt did. You already thought to yourselves, oh, well, just before I left work on Friday, I heard that so-and-so's mother died. Or I heard that so-and-so was ill. I heard that so-and-so just lost his position with the company. Will you now think of that circumstance and in fact feel eager about the possibility of being the Lord's servant, willing to jump into that circumstance and to minister in the name of Christ because the Holy Spirit presented you with that opportunity? 
the Spirit presents Philip with an opportunity, and with eagerness, it says, he jumps into the circumstance. And so if the Spirit is all the time presenting us with these opportunities and these needs, and our eagerness meets that need, God's Spirit is going to be able to use us in significant ways. And so again, you think, well, I can't do this, don't know what to say, don't have the talent, don't have the ability, maybe don't have the time. Well, I'm not looking for talent, ability, or time. What I'm wanting to know is about your eagerness. Do you want to serve in this way the cause of Christ? Do you see something like two services even as an opportunity for you to serve? Can you say with eagerness, well, here's an opportunity for us. Yes, this will be a challenge, but and we can meet this challenge through the Lord's work, through his presence in our lives. The Spirit can use us in significant ways to bring about good results, but it will take perhaps from you some eagerness to do his will. Philip was eager. I see good things coming out of that. And then notice in verse 31 how ready and willing Philip is to be inviting, to positively go. Verse 31 says, how can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So he invited Philip to come and sit with him. Philip is ready to hear the invitation and to answer it. And notice how the Lord has prepared the heart of the eunuch to even ask the question. There are going to be people that you meet who are going to ask you from time to time. Someone is going to say to you something asking the question about your spirituality. And it does happen to you all the time and it happens to me. People will occasionally say to me, this happens to Robin at work all the time too. What about your church? What about your spirituality? There seems to be something a little bit different about you, Kelly. I can remember that being said to me when I was in university. Um, before I transferred to Abilene Christian, a guy from Hawaii said, What is the deal with you? There's something different about you. Well, are we going to seize that opportunity when the invitation comes? Are we going to be willing and open. You know, the Jehovah's Witnesses have calculated, they know that if they go to 10,000 homes, that eventually in those 10,000 homes, there's going to be a certain percentage of people who will respond positively to their questions. The Mormons know the same thing. They know that if they go to a certain number of homes or talk to a certain number of people, if they do it enough, eventually they're going to find people who have needs, people who need what they're offering. One of the things that you and I have to be is open and ready. I want to say pounce, ready to pounce. But it's not that. It's ready to be there, ready to answer the call when it comes, when someone with a, a need in their life suddenly arises before you. And again, it will happen. So will you, like Philip, be ready? And will God then use you in significant ways? The last thing I want to say is this. Simply notice that the eunuch begins exactly, or sorry, Philip begins exactly where the eunuch is. The eunuch is reading a scripture Philip takes that scripture from there and begins to teach him the things that he needs to know about Jesus. 
the eunuch hadn't yet been baptized. And so Philip takes him at that point and teaches him the things that he needs to hear and baptizes him. The result for the eunuch is that he goes on his way rejoicing. And so you need to be open and ready to recognize the needs of people, eager to minister to them, go to them where they are, and from there, discuss with them life in Jesus. My impression is that if we, in the majority, as a group of people generally, make ourselves open to the world in this way, that God will use us in significant ways. And again, I don't think it takes special talent. I don't think it takes even special gifting to talk to somebody about where they're at, the needs they have, and be open, eager, ready to hear the voice of the Spirit in the way that the Spirit will present to you circumstances making available to you lives that need Jesus. Chances are that will happen for you this week. When it does, don't see it for something other than what it is. The Holy Spirit making available to you an opportunity. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I praise you that there have been throughout the life of the church those willing to hear your call. Father, I'm grateful for the promptings that we receive from your spirit to interject into the lives of people the gospel. Father, you put people in our way. I, I know this is true. You put people there who need you. And you've made available to them your word through us. And so, Father, help us to seek those opportunities. Help us to see the needs. Help us to have eagerness and ready hearts willing to answer the call of your spirit to be for you witnesses in our world. Father, I'm, I'm praying right now for those who have needs those whom you will put in the way of our people this week. Father, I pray that you'd open their hearts the way that you opened the heart of the eunuch. Father, I pray that you'd prepare them to receive the word of God, the gospel, that your spirit would work on their hearts and begin to transform them, to shape them into your children. Father, help us to be right there ready with your word when that need is present. Prepare those hearts. And Father, this week as that happens in the lives of our church family, be there right in the middle of the circumstance with your presence of your spirit to, to massage and work and bring about fruitfulness. I, I believe you will do that this week, God. And we thank you for the opportunity. It's through Jesus that we pray. Amen.